What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. This show is for athletes and entrepreneurs who go against all odds, do whatever it takes, and learn how to perform at the highest level to become the best version of themselves. I'm your host, Kota Nakayama, and this is Achieve Greatness. Hey guys, it's Kota here again. I'm super excited for today's episode. We're actually having Matt Mahoney, our first ever professional soccer player on this show. Talked a lot of great stuff about what it takes to become a professional soccer player, the mindset, work ethic, or what it takes to perform at a very high level. And lastly, diving really deep about the importance of health and nutrition and how that affects your performance on and off the field. So with that being said, if you want more information and if you like this type of content, follow us on social media. We release video clips of this podcast episode and go into more detail. You can follow us at The Achieve Greatness and my personal account is at Kota Nakayama One. Without further ado, let's head over to the interview and welcome Matt Mahoney. Welcome back to the Chief Greatness Podcast. I'm super duper excited for today's episode. One of the main reasons when I first started this episode was me to you know, develop my brand, but was also to reach out to people and learn about their story. And more importantly, I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out today, but I'm, in a way it's kind of selfish because I really want to learn from this person truly. So we actually have a professional soccer player, you know, born and raised from Buffalo, New York, playing Division One soccer at Temple University and making his professional debut with the Bethlehem Steels, currently now the Philadelphia Unions 2. Continuing on, he played in the USL Championship League, just finished up in a good season with Sacramento Republic in the 2019-2020 season, and has just recently signed with uh, Colorado Springs Switchback. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, he's always, you know, had an um, entrepreneurship mindset, and now he's currently getting into business in the health and wellness space. So if you guys have any nutrition or fitness goals, you know, he's a great person to reach out for valuable information. Um, you know, actually, fun fact is we actually never met in person, but I feel yeah, like yeah. over the years, you know, we've connected virtually. Yeah. And I've known this, I feel like I've known this person forever, just, you know, following his journey and his growth as a professional soccer player. So uh, more, most importantly, you know, I'm truly blessed to have this friendship. And I'm super excited to welcome Matt Mahoney to the show. Welcome to the Chief Greatness Podcast, Matt. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm happy no to be problem. here. Yeah, so I was doing a little bit of research. You know, I saw a little bit of your highlight videos, and you've been scoring some bangers, <laughs> man. You got the hops. Oh, man. I, uh, yeah, I've got four goals in my pro career so far, and all of them have been headers. I've had a couple chances with my feet in front of goal, and it's just never happened. So I don't <laughs> pass the ball to my feet. <laughs> Only yeah, pass to my head in the box. Hey, you can use any part of your body except your, your arms, right? So Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it all counts, right? It all counts. Yeah, so, um, you know, just listing off, you know, you had, you know, with that short time of you playing professionally, you already have an amazing career going ahead. But I know, like, that wasn't always the case, right? Like, you didn't just end up becoming like that. So I just want to kind of take a step back. How did Matt Mahoney came to be? Work ethic, want to know a little bit about, like, how you came to be, right? So let's take it a little bit back. Um, your upbringing and childhood. Uh, I want to kind of quickly ask, like, do you remember like the first time you started playing soccer? Yeah, so I must have been four or five, you know, when a lot of kids joined their local like club teams playing. Uh, so I do remember some games back then, actually. You know, I loved it, dribbling around, like like beating all the other kids. I was, that was the fun of it. But um, my life really took a turn when I, was, when I was 12 and 13 years old. I played local club soccer my whole life, and I decided like I wanted it to be my my number one sport. Uh, I was excelling at it. And so I, I quit baseball when I was 10. I wasn't too good at that. Uh, I played basketball up until I was, I want to say like 11 or 12 and then quit that. And then 
the I joined the academy system. Uh, I played for the New York Red Bulls team growing up, which was a huge step in my career because that was the first time I played with other guys that were better than me. And that's that's the reason I think I am where I'm at today, uh, because my parents were able to to get me like tr I had to drive an hour and a half both directions to get to training um, stuff like that. And so that's a huge that was a huge part of my development. Uh, got me to play division one college soccer, um, which was huge for me as well. Uh, but going back again, uh, I'll go into my first time I got cut. Cause I think it's a good learning, learning lesson for everybody. So I was 16 years old when I was playing for Red Bulls and they were like, from my age, I had a lot of good guys. Like, uh, we played with Matt Miazga who plays in Europe now. Um, a bunch of other guys that are Alex Mule that plays in MLS, Derek Etsy and those guys. Um, and so I got cut and I ended up having to go to a team called DW Gachi uh, in the city. And so that was my first setback where I was able to then, you know, kind of come back and, and work a little harder to try to prove to get to where I am. And then along the process, um, when I was applying to colleges, I was actually going to, I was actually committed going to Holy Cross in Massachusetts, another division one school. And I ended up, I didn't get in. They told me my uh, winter of my senior year, so then I was scrambling to try to find a school and Temple had reached out prior. And so then I was able to contact like the, the assistant coach again and then get in. That was my second, my second kind of major setback because I had no scholarship going in. It was kind of just, you know, a little iffy, but I knew like I always wanted to play. I knew I was good enough to improve myself and it actually turned out being a better move because Temple is a better soccer school than Holy Cross is. So then I went to, went to Temple for four years, uh, had a great time there, loved college soccer, loved, loved my teammates and stuff. Um, but we were never a huge powerhouse. Uh, we never made the NCAA tournament. We were competitive in our conference, but never won it or, or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so then I actually, I didn't get drafted. Uh, unfortunately, I okay. knew a person in the Philadelphia Union organization that coached at Villanova when I was getting recruited way back in high school. So he got me a tryout with Bethlehem Steel in preseason. And then um, I went in and played for two weeks and they liked me and signed me. And so that was, you know, that was real trying for me. That was uh, kind of just, I didn't know, cause I expected, like, I knew I wanted to play in college. And, and as I was going through, uh, I was a little nervous. I was going to get the opportunities that other guys at bigger schools were getting. So it was kind of, if I didn't make that, cause I was actually, I was still finishing up my spring semester while playing. So I was very fortunate to have played in Philly while, you know, going to school in Philly. Right off the bat, like, you know, you seem like you're playing professional. Um, it seemed like a lot of people think like, you know, it's, it's an easy road, but along the way, you know, even you play academy and you play in college there's so many setbacks already. There's probably a lot of times where you started doubting yourself, right? Like, okay, is this for yep. me getting cut? You have to go to another team. And then you wanted to go to college, you go to this college and then they don't accept you. And then you have to find another school and then you have no scholarship. So right off the bat, there's so many things that can tell you that, Hey, like, um, there's more reasons to say that you want to quit than actually keep on going. Right. So yeah, I no, it was very... quickly, yeah, I want to quickly like learn a little bit from you. Right. There's a lot of yeah. people that I coach right now that are wanting to play college. Right. When did you started to say like, you know, like when did you start taking your uh, soccer career more uh, seriously? And then how were you able to prepare yourself to get to that division one level? And what was that mindset like? Yeah. So, so for me, like I said, 12 to 13 was when I started taking it seriously and, and got to a more competitive team so I could develop. So I'd say probably around then it's good for everybody because by then, you know, the indicators are there. If you're developing off of pure talent and if you love the game, then obviously you're going to, you're going to want to go um, and continue on. And then what was the second half of that? Sorry, I blanked out. Yeah. So, uh, well, just kind of recapping, you know, you, we start college around what, like 18 or 19 years. Oh old. yeah. Sorry. So then, yeah. 
So for myself, actually, if I could go back again, the one thing I would do is probably reach out to more colleges and a little sooner. So for me, it was a, it was an unknown process. My older sisters went to went to college and stuff, so they they knew a little bit about it. But uh, I was a little different. I was looking at more Division One schools um, and such like that. So basically, like that's like four years that you start taking it seriously. It's not something that happens overnight, right? It's this no. constant dedication, work in, in and out, and then those efforts that you keep on putting in eventually overcomes and you know yep. you're able to get that division one uh able to get into that division one program so preparation and, is so important and key right yep and even going back i would try to do more than i did now because really? back then you know kids you're 12 13 you don't get tired you can go out and tuck, kick a ball anytime you want mm -hmm. but where i was doing was i would go training and i would work my you know work my ass off at training and do everything but I wasn't putting in extra time after as much as I could have, which maybe obviously I'm 12, 13. I mean, I don't know any better back then, but obviously okay. looking back now, it's good advice for people that are growing up either, even if you're 15, 16, 17, you're right in your prime development age. It's like go out and something is better than nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're going out, whether it's bouncing a ball off a wall, get a couple of friends, go and do some drills, especially if you're an attacker, finishing defender, work on defensive stuff, you know, positioning, you know, good passing crosses. If you're an outside back, stuff like that. Then that stuff, it's just repetition, repetition. They say like 10,000 hours is leads to perfection or whatever I the saying is. Well, 10,000 hours is super. Yep. And, and so, if you, I mean, get your 10,000 hours, go out and just touch the ball as often as possible. And then, and then you'll be even more well prepared than I was myself for college. And then, of course, get, you got to try to get into a team because a lot of it, a little bit is political. I mean, if you're playing and you're not in a team that's going to showcase and stuff like that, it's kind of tough to get seen. So, a little bit is. It is timing in, in politics, but again, you know, a lot of it is in our own hands. We can, we can always reach out to people to get us to come watch games, you know, all, so we got to make sure we're doing all the stuff within our power that we control. Awesome. Awesome. And then, so now, you know, you worked really hard, you reached out to people, certain sex backs happened, but then you get into Temple, right? So tell me a little yep. bit about your experience at Temple playing division one soccer. You know, not only are you um, an athlete, but you're a student athlete as well, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to balance that. And then when was that mindset switching where you're like, okay, I want to start playing pro. Can you tell me that whole process? Yeah. So, so I knew going into freshman year that I wanted to play pro, mm -hmm. but I just, that was still four years. I, I knew like my degree was important. My parents was important to myself. I knew I was going to be in college for four years. You see some guys that are usually like the elite guys, like that go for a couple of years and then leave or something like that. I, I was never going to be like that. I was still very immature physically going into freshman year um, and such like that. So I went in, I actually didn't start my, like the first half of my freshman year. I was, I played outside mid, which I had never played before, but like I could run and I, like I could defend and stuff like that. So I ended up getting to start like my second half of the year. And I actually played in every college game that my team had in the four years, which is a pretty cool stat. Um, but then it was tough because transitioning, because I was, I'm a good student. I got good grades and everything like that. But my first three years at Temple, our soccer field was, um, because Temple University, for those that don't know, is in Philadelphia, like right in the heart of the city. Mm -hmm. And so our field was in a place called Ambler, which was 45 minutes away. Okay. So we would hop on, we would go to our classes in the morning, couldn't take afternoon classes, hop on a school bus at two o'clock, train at three o'clock to like five o'clock, usually get home between six and seven, and then have to do all our school, all school, excuse me, our school work, and then repeat the next day. And then on top of that, traveling to and from. So it's important that we were very organized. You had to know what you were doing. We had counselors that were helping us um, make sure we were on task and all and all that. So it's definitely not easy, but you get into the flow pretty quickly and it becomes a routine. Awesome. I know. I mean, definitely. I play college soccer, too. Um, it's almost like, you know, you're a student. That's a full-time job. 
soccer yep. is a full-time job and you're trying to become a professional. So you're trying to excel at both, right? So it's being yeah. able to and I, yeah. and I think they go hand in hand because I think there are qualities that you learn from academics that can teach you on the soccer field in terms of discipline, uh, mainly discipline, honestly, making sure you're on top of things, getting things done, all like the small little details, you know, connect in both. So I'd say make sure academics are equally important as athletics while you're going to school because like for me, soccer, I mean, you know, soccer doesn't last forever. You get old eventually. Mm -hmm. So you got to have a backup plan. So if you're going to school, make sure you're focusing on that as well. Awesome, definitely. And then, you know, you have a decent career. You have an amazing career at Temple. And then you're starting to switch your mind. And then tell me how that process of you getting into that, um, breaking into that professional world. Yeah, so, uh, so like I said before, was when I, this is where, I started doubting myself the most was towards the, the winter of my senior year because um, I had nobody really reaching out to me. You know, there are combines that people go to, individual team combines, and I got invited to one uh, be, from Red Bulls because I knew the coaches from back when I was younger. So so they allowed me to come take a look at me, but I didn't get I didn't get invited back. And so I had no agent working for me to, trying to get me teams. So, so it was basically I was reaching out to people on my own, but I knew I had to finish my degree in the spring. And I, I didn't think leaving was an option because a lot of times if you leave, you don't go back and finish it. So I got very fortunate that I knew the person I knew got me a tryout. And this time I was able to take advantage of it. So I don't know where I'd be today. And now I'm thankful for my career because I don't know where I'd be if I didn't uh, get that single opportunity. So it's all about timing and opportunity. Yeah. So I want to touch upon that you were able to get that connection because you were also work, working really hard during that time when you were networking during your college, right? And that's how you're able yep. to get the connection? Well, so this guy, he, uh, the guy that was the union coach, coached at a school that was recruiting me when I was in high school and then got promoted to the union. So I used that connection. I emailed him. He's, he's like, yeah, we'll get you a tryout with um, the second team. And also, actually, I forgot this detail, was I had to do an internship in school and because and I'm a kinesiology major and I interned with the Philadelphia Union uh, my junior year, going into senior year in the summer. So I made connections there as well. And obviously it's their second team. So it was kind of funny how I interned there and then they were seeing me around all the time playing my first two years. So that was a little funny. That's awesome. I mean, how important I, as, as you know, one of my goals is also, you know, I'm training and recovering from an injury, but I do want to eventually break in into the professional world. That's one of my big goals right now. Yeah. And also that's also why I love to interview people like you and just wanting to learn from you. But how important is that connection aspect as well? I mean, you know, you have to be good. You have to, you know, be fit and trained yeah. and you had to, really good but it's also like you know being able to connect and knowing people right how how important is that so it, it's more important i'm realizing now as i'm getting into my mid-20s than i even realized a couple of years ago but it's all who you know and connections i mean you see it all the time people that are good enough to play that just don't know people or don't get seen because they're not in the right situation so it's all connections that's why i said anything in your power is reaching out to people and connecting like code and i did we've never met in person but we have a good relationship because we know we're just human beings who doesn't like connecting with other people and, and learning from them so so that's a huge aspect even if you you know you, it doesn't pan out it's still a learning experience and you take that into your next connection definitely you know i mean right now with this whole coronavirus situation sure right? a lot of things have turned virtually i know you're getting into business i'm getting into business as well trying to guard brand and stuff like that um but there, at, at the end of the, i feel like there's no excuses at this point there's so many ways um especially with social media the power of social media how we're able to connect and reaching out especially that network part is so important every single profession that i've talked to thus far has told me how important networking and connections are and yeah. i thought maybe you know if i start this podcast and that'll be one way I'll be, I'll be able to reach out and start connecting more so you know definitely um 
reaching out, connecting, that's email. You know, I'm starting to getting into LinkedIn now. Just figure out different ways how you can get value, how you can connect with people is super important. So, you know, great nugget right there. I just want to know, I want to just know this story, right? So you broke into the professional. Can you walk me through that first time, you know, when you got that pen and paper and then you signed that first professional contract? I know it's like, it's, it's a dream that everybody wants as a soccer so, player, right? Uh, let's so it's that. interesting. It's a, I'll, 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 dive, I'll dive in a little bit into what USL is like. So obviously we don't make fantastic money, especially your first year playing for a two team, which is what the union or Bethlehem steel was for Philly union. So it was, it was a, a happy feeling and a, a kind of a iffy feeling because the, the price tag that came with it. So they called me and they said, Hey, you know, you're, you're doing great. We want to offer you a contract, but here it is. And I was like, so it's like, uh, it's like, okay, well I'm going to be a professional soccer player, but like, look how much I'm making. So, but it, it's a feeling like, no, other. I was actually in my, like uh, my girlfriend at the time's apartment when um, I signed the first paper, to, like I tried to make it official, took pictures and everything like that. And so I'll have those pictures forever. Like it's a great feeling. That's uh, that's awesome. I know at the same time, um, I also want to ask you this question, right? You as a professional soccer player, a lot of people think, you know, hey, like, you know, your professional soccer player is set, you, you know, once you play, you know, you don't, you don't have to work ever in your life, you know, your retirement's all set. But you know, a lot of people don't have the messy Cristiano or Neymar contract, right? So what's like the reality of actually being a professional soccer yeah. uh, playing over the years? And what are some things that people might not know as a, being a professional soccer player? So the main thing, it's not, you know, it's not all flowers and roses. It's not so glamorous all the time. Uh, the main thing from the soccer aspect is it's much more mentally rigorous than people really understand. It's a grind to wake up every day and have to be mentally and physically ready to go and train and compete for a starting spot. And that's where uh, a lot of people think it's like, okay, you go, you play soccer, you know, like that's it. But it's really a, a little tougher than that. Um, so just give, giving ourselves a little credit for that. You know, <laughs> I mean, you went through college soccer for four years, you understand waking up, going to lift early, got to train, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, also for us, like I said, we don't make a lot of money. We usually live in apartments with two or three, two, well, one or two other guys in the team. Um, the league's getting better now, so they provide provide meals for us um, and stuff like that. But it's not like we're going out and being able to blow money on our own apartments and things like that. So that's where uh, networking Coda and I met. We discussed the other day what I started is uh, through the company Herbalife Nutrition. It's the number one health wellness nutrition company in the world. Um, I'll just be brief with it. So our main goal is to bring customers in, help them with their nutrition goals, whether it's weight loss, uh, athletes that follow Coda, for example. Uh, I'm on the products myself and I feel amazing using them. Like there's a 24 range. There's, you know, any, anything you want for skin or healthcare, uh, stuff like heart, heart health, whatever you want, there's products for that. And also be able to bring guys in and build and be part of your team going forward. So it's definitely an interesting process for me, a little entrepreneurial venture that I'm getting into, but again, you have a lot of spare time. So it's how you use that spare time. In my first couple of years, I was enjoying the soccer. I wasn't so much worried about it, but now as I'm getting into my, my mid twenties, I'm 25 now turn 26 this year it's kind of something that i'm thinking about more that i i wish i was thinking about more in the years past like you said i played college soccer i mean even at the professional right like in college maybe you know you have scholarships your parents are still helping you out but once you break into that professional world like it's all you're on your own right you you, you're an adult now you have bills coming in you're gonna keep on coming in you know it's not the most glamorous thing you're not getting paid a whole lot in terms of like sacrifice and being disciplined right um and also you playing in philly but then now as you go through your career now, you have to leave and then you and in your next career phase, you went into Sacramento, right? So how was yeah. that, you know, leaving the place that you grew up to going to another place? 
all the way yeah. in the West Coast, right? So tell, tell me that process. Yep. So that was honestly, that might have been one of the toughest decisions I, um, I've had in my life because that was the first time I'd been far away from my family. I'd never been to California before I went out there in 2019, actually. Um, and so I made the decision because Sacramento, everything you see, uh, they're one of the best teams in all of USL. And I still say that to today, great club. They took care of me well while I was there. And I knew it was a great move. So I decided to go. But you leave, I mean, you see, leave your family. I have nieces and nephews that I don't see for 10 months, you know, siblings and things like that. So it's not always so glamorous. And then, you know, you're living in an apartment, especially during COVID now, there's not much to do, not much to get out and do. So it's kind of, it, you know, it's tough. It's, that's why I say it's more of a mental thing than everything. And you really got to love the game. And especially at my level, not chase the money. Like we don't, we don't do it for the money we do because we like playing. So, so that, I'd, I'd say those factors were, were super important and very tough for me moving out there. Definitely a lot of sacrifice, you know, at that world, um, you know, it's great. Like you get, you, you know, you, you love it because, you know, it's, it's a dream that you always wanted to accomplish, but there's so many other things that come with that, with that. Right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit like daily, you know, you're, you're playing professionally, um, yep. maybe you're practicing and you're preparing. Tell me what something will look like in the preseason, how you prepare for that, maybe in the mm -hmm. season and what you did maybe in the off season. Can you kind of run through maybe like a day? Yeah, so, so we'll start off season. Like at, at the end of the season, we usually take like like one or two weeks, just like do nothing, rest, obviously rejuvenate after a long season because our season's like nine months. Mm -hmm. um, but then for me, I know a lot of people aren't similar to me in the aspect of liking to lift weights as much, but uh, I like getting into that pretty early because uh, my kinesis degree, like I'm a big like lifter and stuff like that. So um, that kind of stuff's super important because I because there's a there I think there's a, a statistic Coda might know better about the percentage of injuries versus weight training. So weight training is super important for you to prevent yourself from injuries. So I take that pretty seriously. I want to make sure I'm fit year round. But basically, uh, for us, we go into our off season. Uh, depending when you lose October November ish, um, you go back to your homes or most teams will provide you housing for the off season if you're returning. You know, get fit, get ready. Um, I say the off season is equally as hard of a grind as as in season because you got to stay fit and get fit on your own nobody likes running without a soccer ball mm -hmm. and you have to do it in the off season and still you can't you can never replicate a 90 minute game so the idea is to just get you as fit as you can to be able to go into preseason to build up even more so you don't get injured right off the bat mm -hmm. and then preseason's a grind it varies from team to team but a lot of running a lot of playing i mean i enjoy that kind of stuff it's a good it's a good pain to me because i enjoy doing it mm -hmm. but then once you get through it, it's like, ah, oh, like great feeling. Like it, it's like you're because the goal of you're getting ready to start the season, like that's the exciting part is, okay, you're doing it for a purpose so that you could, you know, play your best in the season. And honestly, just playing is so enjoyable for me still that, you know, it's all fun, but yeah, then the season's eight, nine months, it's, it's a grind, a lot of travel, a lot of, you know, injuries happen on team teams. I've been fortunate, knock on wood, not to have any, like serious ones the past couple of years, but yeah, it's a grind and I'm, I'm honestly loving it still. Definitely. You know, so you have an exciting season coming up with Colorado. Might be a little bit chilly, but you know, you do have an, an exciting <laughs> season coming up. Um, you know, especially with this whole coronavirus season, right? There is a lot of, there's always a lot of uncertainty, but especially when this whole pandemics happened, there was just basically I guess maybe the chaos that just kind of came up, right? You never knew what was going to happen next. You didn't know how your contract was going. How how was that process like? And how were you able to still like, you know, keep calm and kind of keep pushing forward and finish out the season? What was that experience like for you? So I, I give a huge shout out to my roommates because we all did our stuff together. We, if I were by myself, I'm not, I'm not sure I would have been able to push myself as much. Uh, so I'm very fortunate to have roommates that were 
like mentally strong like me and able to do it. But like, it was a grind. We, we started, we had our first game in March and then COVID hit pretty hard. And then from that point on until July, or I want to say maybe June, we were doing like at home zoom workouts. So three times a week, we'd hop on zoom with our strength coach. We would do a, uh, a home workout for about like 20, 30 minutes and then go outside and he'd have running for us. So we'd be doing like crazy running, which we thought we'd be done with in preseason. Like you do that in the off season and nobody, like nobody likes running. These were like CrossFit workouts, intense stuff. And it's like, Jesus, like, and, and then on top of that, we were trying to go to parks and touch a ball. So we're trying to get all this in and then we're tired and it's just that. So it was very mentally draining. Um, but that feeling again, like we were able to then get into small group training sessions. So I was able to go by roommates with the coaches for 30 minutes. And then we would go into um, defenders and, and midfield is split up and then attackers is split up and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a very, very challenging year, but very fortunate to have gotten a season and still. Definitely. I mean, you know, it's this whole uncertainty part, right? A lot of lot. You can question a lot of things, right? Is my, is my contract going to still be there? There's a financial aspect mm -hmm. of being able to, you know, just even survive. Right. Cause you know, you're not get, you know, you're not getting the glamorous, um, money where you can, you know, not have a paycheck for months on end and stuff like that as well. Yeah. But you still have to be prepared, you know, physically um, prepare yourself, you know, that, you know, doing all the training and running and stuff like that. But also um, that's why you also said, you know, you, that's where you started getting into that entrepreneurship venture. Right. And how has you playing soccer helped you in your business? venture? You know, that's why I said with school before, I think they go hand in hand. I think the same, whatever motivates you and whatever drives you for, soccer is going to drive you for the same stuff and what you're doing for business. So I'm, I'm a huge, like health fitness nut. So Herbalife is right up my alley. So me helping other people makes me feel good in, in that aspect. And then it also helps me using the products and it's the same thing for soccer. I'm driven for myself because I want to, you know, do good for myself, but also for my team. And it goes hand in hand motivation, be driven, you know, open-minded to new ideas, stuff like that. That's all very relatable. Definitely. And like, like you touched upon it, right? Like the health and wellness part and the fitness part is so important. Mm -hmm. um, if you weren't really on top of like, let's say your fitness being like, you know, um, you do weight training because you also not only you want to get strong, but also prevents injury. And mm -hmm. also that nutrition part, right? How important has those two components um, led to your success in, in, in your professional career? Hugely. I can't tell you guys how much water I drink in a day. It's so frustrating to go to bed at night because of how much water I drink during the day. Yeah. No, I'm joking, but, but it's super important uh, because like, it's what, it's what drives you. Now, at the end of the day, you know, if you have a bad meal here and there, it's not going to, it's not going to matter. And you don't notice as much when you're younger, but now I've noticed it actually this year, the most, for example, drinking uh, and going out as opposed to not after games or after um, hard sessions and stuff like that. Um, and I've got, I got used to, we wore, um, Whoop watches, which are is a fitness tracker, and I have an aura ring actually that tracks your sleep and, and data and stuff like that. And it's amazing to see how either eating poorly late at night or drinking can affect in low sleep, uh, stuff like that can affect your recovery. So definitely something to uh, pay attention to, especially as you get older. And it's good habits to create as you're younger as well. So I mean, I've talked to so many professionals, and one thing is like it's good to train, but what I think a lot of people, especially what separates from an amateur player from the professionals, what it's like what you do more outs, what outside of the field, mm -hmm. right? The recovery process, what your nutrition's like, are you stretching properly? What's your sleep like? And I mean, you know, Matt's a really great tool that you guys can reach out to him, you know, with his company now um, for valuable information and stuff like that. But, you know, super important. I've, you know, every single professional that I've talked to, they always 
hit on that point. Like, how's your nutrition and how's your recovery mm-hmm. process? Yeah, because I've seen I've seen it firsthand. People that don't take that so seriously that end up injured either because their lack of fitness, lack of nutrition, lack of taking care of themselves. So it all it all catches up eventually. I also want to hit one point as we're talking about this subject. What's the biggest thing you've you've seen a lot? You've played in that professional level, and you've seen a lot of high performer performers in that aspect of soccer, right? What's the biggest separation that you see from a professional player and what they do compared to an amateur player? Maybe that plays college or high school. What's the biggest factor? What are some all up here in your in your brain? Because at the end of the day, you can run as much and be the fittest guy you want. But if one, the technical aspect has to be there as well. But the small differences, even between like the USL and MLS, is all decision making, mistakes you make, what you do when you're on the ball. Because the technical ability is, I mean, obviously you have the star players that are a lot better than everybody else. But usually, if that's not the case for the majority of the average players that are playing professionally, so it's all what goes on in your brain. So, I mean, we got we, everyone has access to YouTube. Hop on YouTube, look at your favorite players in the Premier League, and try to learn from them. There's articles, there's so many resources that you can use to hop on and and learn about the game. And that is something I wish I did more. When I was younger as well. You know, we all want that like secret sauce, but there's not really a secret sauce. That Con- consistency. That's what it is. Consistency and all you do. Discipline and just day in and day out, working hard and grinding out. So um, on the subject of that, if you were, let's say, Matt, when you, like you said, you, you know, when you're 12 or 13, you're starting wanting to start taking a soccer more seriously and you want to play professionally. If you were able mm-hmm. to like talk back to the young Matt, what kind of advice would you give to well, one thing is enjoy the process, which I think I did back then. Um, and sometimes you get caught in it in the pro world now. Uh, if you're not playing and stuff like that, it gets it gets pretty crummy. Um, but you have to remember why you do it. And advice to myself back then would be, one, just go play more whenever you can and literally with whoever you can. Mm-hmm. Like at back then, it's just, it's just fun anyway. So if you really love the game, just go and grind in that. And mine would be like ask more questions. You know, don't be timid. Reach out to older people. The worst thing they do is they ignore you or they don't or they say no. And if you most often or not, if you ask for advice, like somebody will give you advice. Even if it's bad advice, you'll know that and you can take that and learn from it. Mm-hmm. So ask questions, you know, touch a soccer ball as much as possible and then have fun with it. Awesome advice. Awesome advice. So much good nuggets there. I don't know. If you wanted to be a professional, I think you should just rewind that part right there and just take I just literally took so much notes. I'm ready. Right the process, reach out, ask for advice. Even if it's bad advice, you know, maybe you can yeah. learn more about a thought process and you can analyze mm-hmm. what works good, what doesn't work good. And basically always ask questions and keep reaching out, right? Exactly. Um, definitely great stuff. So we're coming down to the wire here. I want to kind of know out of, you know, playing uh, for many years now, what's the most favorite memory that you have that's um, thus far playing soccer? Was there like a special game you played, a special goal that you scored? Is there a favorite moment? Oh, I have to say favorite. Not It's not a single moment, but the fir- I got invited to a national camp, the first one when we were U14 okay. for our age. And that was the last one I've been to. But I just remember that made me fall in love with soccer even more because I was – and actually, from that um, experience, I still have friends now that I know and hang out with and that still play. So it's pretty cool from a, such a young age. But just the experience, because I had never seen people do things with balls at, at my age that those kids were doing. And so it was a huge learning experience, so much fun. And it, and it changed my entire outlook on what I wanted to do. And now I think that was the key moment where I was like, wow, like I want to be like these kids and I want to make it professionally. That's awesome. You know, sometimes you say like your environment can also create you, right? Not just yourself. Exactly. Being surrounded with like high level achievers can just push you to another level. It rubs off on you. Yep. Awesome. 
we're going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. Yep. So, you know, you're on this high, you know, there might've been a lot of setbacks and struggles within your whole career. What's the lowest point, the worst, worst point of your career and how were you able to overcome that? Uh, I would say, uh, 2019 by the end of the season was might've been a very low point for me because I, uh, it was an up and down season for me. It was my first full year away from my family. So there was, I wasn't used to being away for so long. So I was, I was homesick. I wanted to go home. Uh, I was in and out of the lineup. Wasn't a huge fan of my coach at the time. And so I wasn't playing confidently. Um, I made, I was making mistakes. So I didn't end up playing the playoff games. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't contributing, wasn't a huge part. And I wasn't, not that I wasn't enjoying it because I enjoyed playing it, but it wasn't, I'll say, I'll admit it wasn't, it wasn't fun for the time being just because of my position in my lot. And looking back now, it's a good learning experience because it'll teach me if that ever happens again, not to get so low and how to, to react from it. And so how I bounced back was I was very fortunate. It was the end of my season. So I got a refresher. I got to go home and I got to think about it, got to, you know, see my family and basically time away. Sometimes time away is super important. So if you're in a rut, you know, go do something you enjoy whatever it is go do something you enjoy come back and then it's because it's hard to be mentally turned on all the time so let yourself go go do something you fun and then come back and then you know it's just a grind got to be got to be ready to fight through it it's not going to be easy yeah i mean you know there's so much sacrifice you have to do like me too like right i um, i'm in california right now but i'm actually originally from hawaii so i had you know in order to play college i had to literally pack all my bags leave all my friends and family i knew Mm -hmm. nobody here in california right and then i go to I go to college playing here and you're just like, you know, you know, soccer is all your life and you're just trying to make that, you know, work, but sometimes it might not work. Right. And then you just yeah. you start doubting yourself and you start thinking, so what am I doing? And yeah, exactly. you know, the whole part of like doubting yourself and stuff like that. So I definitely understand that a lot. Um, how has, with all those experiences of you sacrificing and being able to overcome that, uh, what are some key tips they can touch upon of like, you know, developing your, I guess, mental toughness? Honestly, make make friends on your team. Uh, not every team. I feel very fortunate because I've got friends that I made from SAC in my in my last two years that I'll have for the rest of my life. And you can and if you have good friends like that, you can bounce anything off them anytime. So they helped me get through a lot of it being on. They were like my brothers from the West Coast. Now, like I'm very sad that I won't be returning. Won't see them all the time now. So that that is a huge aspect as well as call just call your family. Like that stuff helps you helps you bounce back and also just. Again, I said, remember why you do it. It sounds very repetitive, but it's stuff that in the moment, uh, you always think things are worse than they are. And I've experienced that firsthand. Everyone thinks that. And then you take a look in the future and like, oh, it wasn't really that bad. Mm-hmm. So I think that now back in 2019, but in the moment, you know, it seems like it's the worst thing in the world. So find your outlets, find your friends, find your parents, you know, remember, think about why you do it. And those things will help you kind of calm down and, and, you know, focus and on, what you're, on the soccer. Awesome. Really great advice there. Um, you know, sometimes it could be lonely, but it doesn't have to be lonely, right? You can no, exactly. reach yeah. out. You can always take a break. Cause like sometimes when you're, when, especially as a hype achiever, right? You're trying to make everything happen. You're going hundred miles per hour. And sometimes you, you need to just take a break. You just got to relax, yeah. maybe course correct and then push forward. So really great advice there. Um, so basically this is called the achieve greatness podcast, right? Being the best, become the best version of yourself. And innately mm-hmm. through becoming the best version of yourself, Matt, for you, it's playing soccer and getting it to the highest level as possible. You innately start inspiring other people to do great as well, right? So mm-hmm. the reason how this show started was um, I looked up to Kobe's career a lot, right? And then, mm-hmm. so, you know, Kobe is someone who inspired me a lot. Even after he passed away, you know, I was just looking back and seeing the legacy that he was able to be, 
uh, leave behind. And yeah. it was just so crazy, right? When he when he left, everybody was just so sad. But he, er, yeah, everybody was so inspired by that. And yeah. so my goal is like you know being able to do a little part of that. Hopefully, you know, yeah, you know, show sure. that Mamba mentality part. So I want to also. Um, there's a special quote that I, I always like to hit on and uh, that Kobe really talks about. And he says how the most important thing is to try and inspire other people to do great in whatever they want to. Right. So moving forward now, you know, you're in, you're playing professionally. Uh, but let's say later down the line, what, what do, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind and what do what do you want to be remembered as? So I like being remembered as if anything else, the person that left it all out in the field and worked their hardest. People can say whatever they want about my skill and stuff like that, but I never want to be known for someone that was lazy that did not leave it out all in the field. So that's why I do all my work in the offseason and stuff like that, because I want to be, if anything, if the soccer, if I'm not good enough, that's fine, but I'll never be unprepared. I want to make sure that I do everything I can to make sure I'm the hardest working person in the room and I'm going to do what I have to do to get to where I want. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I want to make sure that, you know, I'm the hardest person in the hardest working person in the room. Awesome. Awesome. You know, yeah. that, that's really awesome to hear. And I know you have a really bright future ahead and what, what's the next step? And I know you're going to Colorado soon and uh, yeah. exciting stuff there. So what can we expect for you? Yeah, hopefully a good 2021 season. I mean, hopefully um, we figure out when we'll get started soon and you know, I got a report in a couple of weeks and then get through another grinding preseason. But I mean, it's all part of the grind. I love it. And I'm just excited to get, get meet my new teammates and the coaches and just get, get going. Awesome, definitely. And I know you're working really hard. Same thing, you know, you're hitting the weights right away. You're getting stronger. You're getting fitter. Off seasons right around. I mean, preseasons right around the corner. So you're getting fit for that. So definitely, this was an amazing episode today. Um, if you know people want to know more about, you know, how they can get, you know, learn more about their nutrition, learn more about their fitness, and stay connected with you, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Where can they connect with you? Uh, probably Instagram would probably be easiest. My it's under it's at m underscore m-a-h-o-n-e-y 18 so just m underscore mahoney 18 it's got got the blue check mark to help you guys out or you can just look up i think it's just matt mahoney on instagram that'll be the easiest and awesome. yeah and that's actually the way i connected with him too right it's through instagram yep. and we were able to connect yep. and very blessed to have the friendship that we developed over the times and i've learned so much from him and i'm going to be starting using his products and see you know all the benefits i could get strong like that's him good. and you know one day yes, maybe i could see him on the field and play against him so that's, that's the, the goal, that's the goal. Exactly. yeah awesome so thank you so much i have one last question this is the cheap greatness podcast so matt what yep. is the definition of greatness that's a good jesus you just sprung <laughs> that on me right there i got to come up with a kobe quote or something <laughs> greatness is honestly it varies individual to individual but i would say it's just doing the best at whatever you can do and then being able to live with that. Cause how are you going to live with yourself at the end of the day? If you didn't put it, you're all in it. And at the end of the day, if you fail, you fail, but that doesn't mean you're not great. You know, greatness is just putting all your effort in and trying to achieve what you want. And then if you, if you do, that's fantastic. If you don't, you don't. So it wasn't exactly a quote, but that's how I feel. You know, greatness should be measured by. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. This was Matt Mahoney and keep on achieving greatness. Everyone take care. Bye. -bye.